Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Baldly Go, the officially unofficial podcast for all the Star Trek. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Strange New Worlds, Season 2, Episode 4, Among the Lotus Eaters. Uh, Aaron, how'd you feel about this episode? I dug it. Uh, I think it was a solid sci-fi concept. Um, it uh, did something interesting with the crew. I'm glad we got to see more of Captain Pike uh, being front and center in a, in a plot line. And... Uh, had a little bit of humor with uh, Ortega getting getting the, the the blue balls on piloting the danger shuttle mission, and her <laughs> amazing ship. yeah, her her amazing fur hat that she didn't get to deploy. Um, no, I, yeah, I think I it's like this, this is this is this is a solid Star Trek episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, great guest star. Um, it's all good stuff. Yeah, this guy looks super familiar to me. I couldn't place him. So this guy's Reed Bernie, and you're probably mo- he's in a lot of stuff, and he plays like dad roles and whatnot. But he's probably most famous to us as the uh, uh, vice president Donald Bly. He was like the super liberal uh, representative from New Hampshire on House of Cards. That was like super like oh, yes. all about education that Francis got on his yeah. yeah yeah. The guy playing Zach also looks real familiar, uh, but I can't. I didn't place recognize him. And he wasn't credited as like a special guest star either. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, no, that makes sense. That's where I recognize him from. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I like this episode a lot. I think the sci-fi concept is really actually pretty cool. You know, it, it might not be the most original thing. I've definitely seen things like this, but I liked how they used it um, thematically in the episode with, uh, you know, the connection to the emotions being the thing that like you can identify with, but also, you know, your past not being something you should jettison because it's what makes you, you and it's what makes your life rich and all these things. I really appreciated that stuff. Yeah. And I like, I was really, uh, I'm a sucker for those like, um, you know, uh, Clark and Bradbury and, uh, those, the stories where they would take like a, recognizable human culture but change one thing like here's mm-hmm. a society they're, they're they have multiple sons and they all are arranged to where there's never a moment of darkness or you know uh it, it, something like this where you've got uh the majority of people have no short-term memories like everyone's living in memento the movie um except mm-hmm. for the haves the people in power that have ultimate control over the past and the future and you know, there's a little little commentary about like how that could be scary and how people could be taken advantage of if if you do forget your own history. Um, and the apathy and, that that comes over you. I mean, that's what the the title is all about. It's, yeah, um, th- these lotus eaters are from Greek mythology. It's an island of people who ate this lotus flower, and it would it would make them forget um, everything. And they're they're they became known for their general apathy. 
Mm -hmm. Because how could like they make a point? Like if you get like all worked up one day and you're ready to rebel against the people that you don't fully understand and all the but like you're going to go to sleep and the next morning you're going to wake up and forget why it was important to fight and yeah and i like that stuff with the totem you know the the tattoos the ways they have of sort of remembering creating memory for themselves i wish they would have done more with that i guess but they had other objectives in this it was not to tell this extremely sci-fi nitty-gritty story yeah it's a star trek episode so it's like you Uh always want to see more but like the world building they did like i I thought with uh is this guy's name luca was that was his name which one the old man yeah the kindly old man ah that sounds right i just called him old man most of the time (laughs) the the progressive understanding of you know here's the totems and here's how we do and here's the tattoos and the reveal that you know the part of these tattoos work is their heraldry that like tie you to your family and that he for some reason has inked out some of his tattoos so he can no longer read them because they were too yeah like that's effectively wiped out that part of his memory that shit is super cool to think about and Mm -hmm. the way it kind of played out in the episode I thought was neat Um, and you had kind of a microcosm of that up on the Enterprise too where Spock is sort of like how do we remember who we are once we lose our memories and I wish they would have gone a little farther with that too but at least they were thinking about it yeah and it's one of those things like if if you're coming to me like uh, with neuroscience like this like ah you know you can't have a weird exotic radiation that just zaps people's memories fair enough but like I do give Star Trek some leeway to explore some of these kind of like uh, almost transhuman uh, or like slightly skewed cultures Uh, Mm -hmm. you know if you you tell me yeah there's some asteroid that hit a thousand years ago that um, is is essentially poisoning yeah. these people's brains unless they have a pe- particular metal on their head. Yeah, I'm I'm cool. I'm cool with that. I, that's that, that, that's that totally tracks. fine. Like I I don't I don't care how it works. What I care about yeah. is how they respond to it. Exactly. Exactly. And, that's and the does, does the world seem like you know does this feels like a fully realized world? Um, mm-hmm. You know, with a culture that kind of like made sense and I think so. Um, is is mechanically satisfying and it's like you know like uh it's, it's funny because like the what is it apple tv plus what show is c on where it's uh jason yeah. momoa and everyone's on earth is blind that's got a lot in the same ideas but it's like it's a whole series so they get to really explore and mm-hmm. maybe walk out on some shakier limbs than others but like yeah for an hour i thought this was a pretty well-developed culture it's mm-hmm. also um a bit of a puzzle um you know because we know so much about christopher pike uh this uh what was it reg uh regulus seven rigel Rigel seven Seven. was one of um what was known in uh from the old series as like uh a disastrous away team mission uh that caused them to have to evacuate a bunch of medical uh, the bunch of personnel to the vega system um and uh, it's something that, like, you know, when and they were exploring this in, like, the Cage and the Menagerie episodes of Star Trek, it's like Pike was talking about how he, you know, felt bad about uh, letting his men get ambushed that way and he should have been more careful. So it's like we're getting to revisit some of this history and see, like, how it kind of unfolded. The fact that that was such a botched, <laughs> it was such a botched uh, away team mission that they left a personnel behind with advanced Starfleet weaponry that he's become a warlord on the planet now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was kind of fun to explore that stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. And I like thinking about those types of missions. Like, are they, I know this is kind of a, 
clean up the mess you made sort of mission. But are those prestigious missions? Is is going on a prime directive mission like high profile within Starfleet? It has to be. But you're right. It's treated as like something embarrassing. I, I think first in context, this scenario, that makes sense. Like you guys fucked it up. Go clean it up. Yeah, but like a first contact situation must be amongst the prestigious, most prestigious things you can do. Yeah. Or like if you're studying like a Mm pre-warp civilization with the holographic blinds and whatnot, that's got to be seen. Because like, you know, again, that they they made this point that Starfleet is an exploration organization more than anything. And that's what really gets the captain's rocks off being those mariners, those ancient mariners exploring, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think I think it would be. Obviously, if you fucked up one and you got to go back and yeah, undo the damage, where they're, they're worshiping this. Yeah, they're worshiping your ship's insignia, your, uh-huh. your pennant flag is as as yeah, that's that's a problem for sure. I'm also not sure. I'd like to talk to you about how the the end of the episode and whether that's a prime directive violation as well. But uh, we can wait until we get yeah into the yeah. episode. I have some questions. Yeah, maybe Same. we should do that now. Uh, let's start with the recap. Let's do it. Shields up. Here come the ads. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At ease, Ensigns. Welcome back to Bald to Go. We start off with Captain Patel, or sorry, Patel and Pike trying to get some personal time together, but they keep getting interrupting because, interrupted because of their responsibilities as captains. And Patel gives Pike a gift. Uh, she realizes she's been passed up for a promotion because of the relationship, the, the complicated relationship she has with Pike. So Pike suggests they should pull back a little on that relationship. And Mattel leaves upset. Yeah, that uh, rot up his ass Vulcan bastard uh, that that hates genetically engineered people. It seems like he's really riding Patel hard. Uh, blocked her promotion yeah. to Commodore. Um, I mean, she did kind of fail in a cut and dry genetic <laughs> modification, high profile genetic modification case. So I get it. <laughs> Yeah, she didn't get the successful unjust prosecution done for the Federation. Right. Um, but I, I I don't know. Like, it seems pretty, I don't know, it seems pretty shitty of Pike to, because, like, his whole thing is, like, well, to save your career and your emotions, I'm going to break up with you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like something decision. he wanted to do. It's like, I'm doing this. Yeah, it's like, it's like, if it's, well, if you're, if you're trying to make a decision to, to protect, like, Maybe let that person look after themselves. 
you know? Yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, don't preemptively destroy something that could be good because it might not work out. Yeah. She's not like some moony-eyed st- schoolgirl. She's the captain of a fucking Starfleet vessel. Mm-hmm. Uh, a judge advocate general. I think she can decide what is best for her life and her career and juggle all that stuff without Christopher Pike sparing her from it. But yes. uh, that's something that, I mean, yeah, something that Pike learns in this episode. So what are you going to do? He does. People make mistakes and hopefully the the best that comes of that is they realize them and fix them star trek underrated training uh, ground for young nerds to learn about relationships sure i I save myself a hell of a lot of cringe by paying attention to the jordy laforge's bullshit i tell you wesley crusher oh yeah wesley crusher yeah there's a lot of a lot of (laughs) (laughs) a lot lot of examples of what not to do in star trek Mm -hmm. uh this thing this gift that Battelle gives Pike is obviously going to come into play later in the episode, but it's an Apellian Mariner's Keystone, which is said to guide lost sailors home. I bet you were all over this conceptually. Oh yeah, given your it's, interest uh, in in, in the, the seafaring uh, genre, I did wonder how it worked. Is it is it like a is it like a star map? Is it like can you like dangle it and it like s- uh, orients it towards the the whatever planet's uh, Opelia's uh, magnetic core? Is it some kind of astrolabe kind of thing where you hold it up to and it's like I, I did wonder mm-hmm. how it actually guided those nar- uh, those mariners home. Seems just emotionally, it guides mm-hmm. you home. It grounds you in the things that you have at home and brings you back thematically. Yeah, it does. It, 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 yeah. it works mostly thematically on a metaphor level uh, in an actual uh-huh. technology, but yeah, sure. Certainly in this episode. Uh-huh. So Pike gets called to the bridge for briefing on Rigel 7, um, or I guess the conference room, I don't know. Uh, it's a planet where they fucked up the Prime Directive and uh, Federation Delta symbol has been spotted there and Enterprise has been sent to clean up their mess. Pike invites Lon and Benga and Ortegas on the mission and they leave to go prep, and then Pike and Una talk about this whole situation with Captain Patel. Um, she thinks that he should reconsider, but he's got to deal with this Rigel 7 stuff first. Convenient that he has a crisis where he doesn't have to think about his feelings. Yes. Yeah, it helps. Uh, especially one where it will directly relate to the feelings that you have, <laughs> and you can work through it during the mission. Yeah, and it's funny because like the whole theme of this is having to clean up your own mess, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what he does throughout, like in his personal life and professional. Yeah, I mean he's the stuff with Zach. I think he he feels like he's mm-hmm. failed Zach too, you know, by the he by the time literally this guy has. Is. Yeah, pretty shit leaving this guy on the planet for five years. Yeah, I kind of want to talk about the fate of Zach toward the end of this, but uh, we'll get there. In the meantime, let's talk about Ortegas. Uh, she's super excited to be going on this away mission because she doesn't get to very often. Uh, unfortunately, there's debris in orbit that requires her to stay and pilot the Enterprise by hand. Yeah. Gotta dodge all the big rocks in orbit. Um, it is cute because like, you can see like how excited she is to get to go on an away uh, mission. Um that she gets to display her skill like you know she has to drive this bus essentially most of the time and she gets to get you know something smaller lighter more agile and like Mm -hmm. a real challenge for her and she gets completely blocked by pike uh 
And I guess it's 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 understandable. And but like I also the way that the scene played out, I was a little bit thinking that Pike just wanted to fly to shuttle himself. He's the old test pilot. He's the old Chuck <laughs> uh-huh. Yeager. And and if if she's bored piloting the ship, he's really bored sitting in the captain's chair. And he wants to get that hand on stick and throttle going. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. it happens so rarely that uh-huh. a captain actually gets to pilot the vessel that's a perfect in. excuse because like honestly we need our best pilot piloting the enterprise so the hot rod thing obviously is going to go to to me you mm-hmm. know <laughs> but the Any way he did it because he kind of spun and shot her finger guns not quite but <laughs> yeah. almost he's just and and the way she like took her hat off with disgust and then had this like exchange with uh spock and as she walks her way she jams that hat yeah. back on her head like, well, I'm going to get a taste of it through wearing the clothes for another mm. 10 minutes while I walk sh- to go get it's a, changed. It's a, it's a show of defiance. It's a defiant head covering mm-hmm. because I'm rocking this goddamn native uh, fur cap. I I thought all of the costumes look great. Uh, I really like Lon's. I mean, she's cosplaying as Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, this looks like <laughs> one of the fancier late game armors that you can get Alloy equipped with, right? Uh-huh. Totally. Down to the hair, everything. She just needs a bow, and yeah, yeah, it'd be perfect. Yeah, she could have used a ranged weapon in this uh, this thing. I also, <laughs> I, I really like that idea too. That like, um, you know, why aren't they going down like hidden fate? Because you know, when Riker and Troy and everybody go on their little missions, uh, they always bring like a hidden phaser. They got their comms devices, but like Pike's like, we've screwed the pooch so hard. We are just going primitive. We're bringing our telescopes and our flint and uh, uh, steel and flint to start fire. Like he's, he's, they're going old school, so they don't have their fabulous technology to kind of fall back on. Yeah, you. What you really don't want to do on the Prime Directive cleanup mission is further screw it up. Exactly. Like that's talk about the death knell for a captain. You come back five years later, they have a star base. <laughs> like, not only <laughs> right. did you not clean up the Delta, but now they are they're great. They're, they're warp capable. Thank you. We have to let them into Federation, these fucking cavemen. Mm-hmm. And I like the twist, too, that, you know, they're not going to take this technology and then they turn up there and oops, the technology's already here. And right. the guy already knows we were coming and right. we should have just brought our phasers with us, right? Exactly. Yeah, it would have gone a hell of a lot better. Yep. Uh, so the away team flies down to the planet while observing a meteor in a huge crater and some radiation that it's emitting. Once they land, Pike says, like you you said, they're only going to use the native tech on this mission. Uh, and, and he also says, like, I brought you guys along because I needed fighters, not because you're doctor. <laughs> and Benga's like really kind of peeved by that, right? He is like, I don't he, think I don't that's think a he part... wants to be that guy. No, that, that combat guy, be that fighter, a gun or a club. He wants uh-huh. to be a healer and he wants to put all of those bad memories behind him. And he's visibly chafing at it's like, he's like, oh, doesn't every doctor love their skill set mm-hmm. as a you know, in combat to be chosen for a landing party? You know, I, I That's feel the thing that. he's, it's being thrown in his face episode after episode now before yeah. it was he had to fight with the chapel and they had to hulk out with the green stuff. And now he's being chosen for missions because of that experience. Yeah, I I wonder what they're gonna do with him. Is is this gonna come to a head at some point where he's going to have to deal with the way that people perceive him and the way he perceives himself? 
I just can't believe they burned through the daughter material so fast because this is what <laughs> yeah. more than anything this feels like oh shit what do we do with our doctor okay we're gonna give him a tragic past where he was this apparently had a daughter and a teleporter and was a Klingon genetic war, yeah, drug warrior I don't uh-huh. like, but I'm I'm cool with it there is something like you know uh like like a like what what do they call that uh, like a cleric in D and D where you're like half warrior and you're half healer? I think it's mm, kind of cool. Okay. Like every party needs a uh, a guy who can do damage over time and also patch up the party. That's uh, yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's a kind of a neat uh, warrior monk philosophy. Uh, I know he doesn't like it, but that's kind of interesting too. Like, is Pike gonna is at some point is he gonna be like, look, Captain, you're triggering the shit out of me by bringing me on all these rough and ready missions? I just wanna yeah. And I am the chief medical officer. Stop bringing me on away team missions. But <laughs> sure, there's a lot of Star uh, Trek history going against him there. <laughs> it, absolutely. Uh, and this is like the perfect episode to deal with the memory of his daughter, right? Like you could do so much with that, but they just have decided to jettison that out the airlock. I, and I don't really know why. It was such a good hook for him, and it could it still was have such ramifications. A good hook. It was such a good hook and was solved by what the fourth episode of the the, the show. It was fast. Uh, it was dealt with in like a single episode and gone. And now yeah. even the memory of that is wiped. The kinda. whole enchanted fairy tale episode. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, that that would have been a great thing for them to talk about with the uh, old man here, Luca or Lucas mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, because he's uh, mourning right. the loss of his family that he doesn't remember, and like Mbenga could have been all about not losing his family uh, or the memory of them, and eh. yeah. What are you gonna do? We'll see. Like I said, he's a great. He's still a great character. It's just that they're. Mm-hmm. I think they're. It feels like they're clearly trying to get something going again because they had his connection with his daughter. I thought felt like the series long plot for him. Kind of mm-hmm. like you know, Data trying to be human. That was going to be his deal. Trying to you know, roam the galaxy, trying to find these new life, new civilizations, trying to find cure for his daughter. And now he's just got to find peace amongst the stars, which is also interesting. Yeah, it's just it's, it's it's cool. Um, I like that they you know pointed out for nerds like me that uh, even though they don't have their technology, they have subdermal universal translators, so mm-hmm. they'll be able to read and understand in the languages even though they don't have their technology with you. And that's also, I guess, going forward answers all questions about like you know how the hell are they talking to these people when they don't have their communicators on them? Apparently, they all have subdermal universal translators. That's a hell of an ability. Mm-hmm could use that yeah. in the 21st century <laughs> sure that'd be amazing so six hours later Lon comes to her senses having remembered nothing of that time and they debate taking her back to the shuttle but the sun and the temperature are about to drop before then so they forge ahead say so we'll take her back the next day I like how they slowly roll this out because I'm watching the episode I'm mm-hmm. like interesting there's Lon's having some kind of weird reaction to the planet and then you hear like they they show Mbinga having ringing in his ears, and like oh man, it's something on the planet that it's affecting everybody. And then you see it on the ship, and it's like mm-hmm. the scope of the problem really scales and it's it's paced well. Where like I didn't see any one individual thing coming. In fact, I was like at first skeptical that like the Enterprise would be feeling this at all. And like when they got out of orbit, I'm like oh well, Spock he's obviously taking the right step. 
it, it is it's neat i like it when the enterprise crew gets into problems where they do the smart thing and that just gets them in deeper it reminded me of that yeah uh when when picard stepped into the ancient alien draining mine situation where it's like you know no, no matter what they did to get out of it it just made it harder to get out uh <laughs> So there's like it's it's a, a classic Star Trek plot, uh, but they don't. No one has to be I- idiot to make it, uh, the to make the 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 episode un- unwind. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say, you know, Spock was as maybe not as smart as I expected him to be in this scenario with his logic, um, and his powers of dedu- deduction and reasoning. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, the thing I like about how this episode unspools is. By the time the Enterprise, you realize that it's affecting the Enterprise crew, you also realize the effects of the thing itself, that they're going to lose their memory and not even know who they are, what mission they're on. The captains and his crew are going to be stuck on the planet. Like It's terrifying. You realize the stakes, and then you see them having the effects, and you're going, oh, no. Right. How are they going to get around this? Uh, They reach the castle, and they're surveying it. They're coming up with a plan. Unfortunately... They're spotted and captured before they can set up camp. Their captors know that they're from Starfleet, which is interesting. Um, they probably spotted the captain just standing straight up with his stupid telescope. I know later they tell us it's, you know, it's about the the streak in the sky that the shuttlecraft. But like, he's just standing full, like on the ridge, straight up. Everybody else Not is ducked behind rocks. Yeah silhouetted on the ridge line what's he doing what is he doing uh and they're taken before the king who is named zach he's one of the people that they thought was killed in the previous uh bungling prime directive mission turns out he was not killed and they left him there uh he explains that the radiation on the planet causes you to forget everything you know and says he's going to enjoy watching them suffer with that like he did I like when Laan says, are we supposed to know this guy? Because I was actually thinking that myself. Like, God, is it was this a season one mission? Because um, obviously this is something the Enterprise did before. This is something they did way before. This this, this mission mm-hmm. canonically takes place like five years ago. Um, but So when Laan said that, I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm, I'm not supposed... This wasn't some season one plot that I just completely forgot about. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's interesting. I do wonder, like, how many phaser rifles did he have? Can you cow an entire civilization with the phaser rifles and the shots that they have on them of, like, a case, which I think maybe has, what, between 6 and 12? I guess. You could probably cow a pre-warp civilization with 12 phaser rifles for for t- five years? Yeah. Like, how many people you got to disintegrate after you disintegrate the first one before people stop trying you, you know? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of questions around Zach's appearance here um, and his becoming king in this scenario. Like, okay, Starfleet wasn't supposed to be there. They got in a mm-hmm. firefight and some mm-hmm. people were left behind. They make it clear that the memory thing was already in effect at that point. How did Zach maintain his memory or regain his memory or whatever long enough to actually take over and make himself king here. It is, I would look, because like I thought about this a little bit and I'm like, well, okay, so they had this fight with like essentially wizards. They're throwing energy balls at them and okay. they get one lone guy captured 
certainly they'd bring him to the fortress, right? Like the the high mucky mucks would want to talk yeah. to this guy once he's in the fortress. But like if I was memory. one of those high mucky mucks, I would probably build cells. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, you want to interrogate him. So like there's a there's like a push pull between being afraid of what they can do if they get their memories back versus getting useful information out of him at all. So uh-huh. I I'm guessing, but like yeah, like to, to, to explicitly answer your question, like how does one Starfleet officer who is wounded mm-hmm. nurse himself back to health and from some kind of custody of the Kalar get his case of phaser rifles to where he can? Because like once he got the phaser rifles, then I could start putting the pieces together. But yeah, yeah. It, I I I I. I, I I don't know that there's a good explanation. They might be wise to just kind of yada yada through it. It's like, well, he's been sitting on a throne for five years, so what are you going to do? You know, Sure, and I can come up with any number of scenarios how that might happen, yeah. and it's probably yeah, smart that they don't try and explain that in dialogue, but uh, I am curious. I would like to know. We might revisit this later because there's still the question of what Starfleet's going to do the Zack and yes. like I think what Starfleet does the Zack probably depends on exactly how he's found himself uh, as the high lord of the Kalar sure yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> there are better and worse ways to become king uh, so Pike then comes to in a cage we have another oh, can I also say here. that I, I really admired uh-huh. the way they set up this asteroid in the crater when they're coming in you know and they're like establishing that this is half a hemisphere away so it's close enough that they can affect them but also you know it's not like something people have first hand I, I, I thought that yeah like they, they put all these pieces and Pike and crew is observing them like oh wow this is a big crater and oh it has a debris field in space and it's like all they're mm-hmm. they're establishing all these pieces so when they all come together i thought it made it made a lot of sense and you felt clever kind of like discovering all the stuff with the crew rather than having a spoon fed out to you later in the episode just in time for you to need it yes no it's a very well constructed episode um pike comes to in a cage with the others but they don't remember what their mission is or even who they are by the time this scene is ended Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about anything there. No, it's it's he gets a, they all give a good performance of like a person whose memory is flee, fleeing them as they're speaking. Like he's talking about yeah, yeah. Zach, but then can't remember Zach's name, and then a sentence later can't even remember who, who he, he is, was talking yeah. about and why. And it's like they're all, and you can see them getting like progressively afraid and like angry. Um you know like like uh like 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 there's a lot of like like patience and a dementia ward to, to this where it's like mm-hmm. you know when you take away a person's personhood it makes them they're like the, the default uh emotion seems to be like fear and anger sure which makes a lot of sense you know yeah you find yourself uh, in that situation like why is someone fucking with me right right <laughs> yeah uh so Uhura is experiencing the same time loss and confusion up on the Enterprise, so she's sent to sick bay. Nurse Chapel's concerned. She gets to work troubleshooting. Apparently, it'll be fine as long as it doesn't spread past Uhura, but just then, six more people come down with symptoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this scene a lot. Uh, interesting that uh, Ortega is crucial for keeping the Enterprise safe as the pilot. But the commander has her assist Uhura down to the sick bay, even though 
Like I, this is evidence. I think Pike is just wanting to take a joyride. So, so here's what I think happened with that. I think uh-huh. there is a debris field that is a certain distance from the planet. They oh, needed her when... to pilot them past it, and then ah. But he says they maintain orbit. Yeah, and that doesn't make a lot of sense given that they're in orbit now and she could have piloted the shuttle down if they were inside the debris field. That's what I'm saying. I think there's little clues that Pike hmm. is just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, holding her back a bit for his own selfish. Uh, I mean, yeah. not, he's not a monster. This is not his, This is not like uh, some kind of crazy uh, mutiny on the bounty situation. It's just yeah, a little bit yeah. of a dick, a little bit of a dick. I feel like he, he wanted to, he's like, hey, I haven't even been in the first three episodes, okay? Uh-huh. I'm fucking taking this shuttle down, and, I'm and she's like, "Hey, I haven't gotten any character development in the whole season. Give me a break." <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, I'm the star of the show. I want. Uh, I'm sorry. I need a. Pl- I need an A plot at least every four episodes. Okay. Yeah, I'll get you next time. Yeah. Promise. Yeah, we'll get you on Letterkenny to make it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, I, I like the stuff that is going on with Uhura here. She's kind of out of it because of the drugs and her memory loss. And they ask her, you know, what did you have to eat? She's like, oh, the same thing I have every day, oatmeal. They're wondering if it could have been something there. And then six more people come down with it. She's like, definitely not the oatmeal. And her, and again, like, it's like it's all building, stupid. right? It's like, uh-huh. oh, it's spread. And oh, how it's like it will be anybody. And it's the, the, the stakes keep uh, building nicely. So I'm trying yes. to say they do and and with how fast they show it happening mm-hmm. i think is one of the the points of tension here because they don't have really much time at all right uh let's go back down to the planet pike and company have a rough forgetting and we're just kind of getting introduced to all these concepts here as this old man helps them through the process tells them just okay fo- follow me to the work camp we'll get you through this um and as they work, the old man explains that they forget who they are each night and they have a totem and some tattoos to help them remember things uh, and explains that, you know, the deeply learned things, the deeply known things, the emotional things you don't forget. It's really just the learned, the remembered things that you do. Uh, and Pike and crew ha- notice that they have no tattoos or work calluses, so they realize they don't belong here and they attack the guards and they get free. And Lon is sliced open in the process. Yeah. Uh, and Binga thinks he can help her if they can find a place to hide. So the old man says, "Yeah, let's let's go." Um, yeah, I like this. This again, this is a lot of world building here. Uh, I like when Anson Mount looks directly at the camera and says, uh, "Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever considered how soft and supple my hands are?" Um, and there is this, just like this, this mystery they're trying to solve. You know, it's like, well, if we are Kalar, where are tattoos? Why don't we have work calluses? And mm-hmm. it makes sense. Like, you know, essentially this is a Memento planet and uh, they're solving the problem the same way the guy in Memento did. Uh, you know, they're tattooing their body to remind them, like, you know, this is my name. Oh, my name is on my house. And uh, oh, God, where am I? Oh, there's a pillar here and explains the whole story. It's like, and it's, it's, I guess this is all kind of cribbed together from best practices of. Like if you are caring with someone who has like really severe dementia or short-term memory loss, there's a guy following TikTok mm-hmm. where his dad uh, has pretty advanced dementia and he's always confused all the time. And he gives like he essentially runs like multiple times a day. His dad's status reports like you know you know hey, you're fine, dad. You're just old. 
uh, you're living with me, I'm your son, uh, your other son's gonna come over, we're gonna have lunch at that one place you like, like, you just, like, essentially, like, just help them re, and that's, that's all they need, and it's like, oh, he's gonna be fine for another hour and a half, but, like, this kind of, like, you know, ways to ground you, um, in a very unhuman way to live, right? Like, they're mm-hmm. unstuck from time, every day is exactly the same as the next day for these people. I thought that was really cool, and, and, and to continue to be well-developed. I really like the difference in perspective here between the people who are new to this and the people who've been through it uh, so many times before this old man uh, because they feel like there is a mystery to solve here and that something isn't right. The crew does Mm -hmm. because look at my hands. They don't they don't match the scenario we're in. What's going on? And their curiosity is sort of taking control here. The the lotus eater, the proverbial lotus eater here, this old man is extremely apathetic to that. He's like oh, there might be a mystery here, but it doesn't matter because tomorrow you're going to forget it. And if you decide to do something about it, it's going to be too late anyway. So let's just, we have our lot in life. Let's just follow this path that's been laid out for us by who we don't know, because that's the thing about the tattoos and the totem. You can never trust them. You don't know Uh if you put the tattoos on your body. You don't know if you made the totem. No, it's extremely someone messing with you, right? Like the people on top have, complete control not over just what is said in history books but over your own memory like what happened yesterday yeah yeah they're over uh, who if, you are they, they can yeah they can tell you who you are on any given day um they could add something to that totem tomorrow and tell you it's been there for a thousand years and how would you uh-huh. ever know right uh and there is this and like the apathy and, and the the sort of like the 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 desire that seeps out of you that just kind of is drained from you to do anything beyond what is told to you to do i yeah. think would be very real right because you lose like you know you he- you feel the mission the the emotions you might know something happened that makes you angry or something happened to make you sad but like you know the motivation is like the specific things you mm-hmm. know like people uh do not get out get up in arms sad to say when they're confronted with the reality that child slave labor is used to make some of our products in society like you know uh we take that in stride if your child was enslaved to make nikes mm-hmm. it would be a big fucking deal because you got to so it's like there's like that element where they're controlled just by i like mean where, you do, can, you, where you, do you point your anger like I, I feel angry i should be mad at somebody who Right Ooh, and why and, and then like, what? How is it possible productive? Because you can't organize, you can't plot, mm-hmm. you can't you, you know you 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 can't communicate. Even if you could like get ahead of steam, you go to sleep and the next morning you try to like explain to you know the next uh, you know. So you you t- you conquer this labor camp. You're planning to go to tomorrow. How would you do that? How would you like, even if you can keep the gumption together till the next day? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like the way to retake a labor camp is just a wait. Like if I'm the guys wearing helmets, I just wait for them to go to sleep and then come in the next day. Like nothing ever happened. Send them back. Get yeah. up. Time to go back into the mines. Like they completely. Mm-hmm. It's like it's such a sweet deal for the oppressor class. Yeah, the only rebellion you can form has to take place within what a 24 to 48 hour window. As long as you can stay awake, I guess. Uh, yeah. The only culture you have is the culture you can develop within a day. Essentially, it's kind of a fascinating scenario 
Yeah, it's the and ultimate. The way they portray who, it is. He, they who control the the past, the control the present, and shape the future. Like it's 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 literally uh, part of their. It's a Rage Against the Machine song. Understood, yeah. understood. Yeah, it's, it's and but it's part of their understood culture. Like, oh well, of course the people in the castle, they're the ones that worry about the future and the past. We don't have to. We're unburdened. You know, it's a great mm-hmm. thing. Oh, I feel sorry for those guys at the castle having to worry about things. It's, <laughs> they have the burden it's, of it's fucking wild. Their memories for us. Exactly, it's a responsibility. And that's the thing is like we hear that like there's like uh you know you hear that all the time in you know like some of the uh um like like every once in a while we'll we'll lapse back in that medieval betters talk like oh you know oh those people that have all the money and the power Jesus. and like how heavy the brow that wears the crown <laughs> like we have all these sayings about how rough it is to be in the leadership how rough it is to be up top mm-hmm. and like who benefits from that tale you know mm-hmm. why do we tell it to ourselves um <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 fascinating to think about how this stuff applies in terms of controlling history, uh, trying to fight history, uh, trying to uh, wrestle with who gets to explain history. Um, and I don't know how it's super powerful, which is why people spend so much political capital fighting over it. Yeah, and I'm not sure how explicit they're trying to go with this because the the obvious other uh, commentary they're making here is about people who forget the past are destined to repeat it. Yeah. That sort of thing. Um, I, I didn't sense a lot of that in this episode, but that's mm-hmm. definitely something I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah, it's very. Uh, it is, there's the commentary there, but it's 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 a light touch. One For of sure. the lighter touches we've had in in these commentary uh, episodes. Yeah, this is a much more personal view of the memory mm-hmm. thing, and I think that was warranted given you know where uh, Vatel and Pike are and Mbenga and all that. So. All right, let's talk about Chapel explaining to Una what's going on with the crew's memory loss while Una herself is experiencing symptoms. Um, she kind of, you know, excuses herself to sickbay here, leaves Spock in charge. He hands out some tablets with the crew's personal information on it. Um, they, they're talking about how the source of this problem might be the radiation on Rigel 7, this weird radiation they've detected. Spock takes command and orders Ortegas to take them into the Bree field for its radiation shielding, which is a tricky bit of piloting, we should note. Is this also the worst thing you can do? Like, he's doing, but like, because we find out later that these weird minerals are the thing causing the radiation, correct? Mm -hmm. But it does both, because the fortress made from the meteor ore and the helmets block the radiation. So, was he on to something? I think what it is, yeah, is they just need to get out past the debris field because that's what's blocking the radiation. I, I don't think the debris field itself is creating the radiation. I think it's just the meteorite. So there's one particular meteorite that's radioactive. I think and, so. Uh, okay, because I okay because I was uh, start to be like, huh. I, I thought that like the whole asteroid field is full of brain scrambling radiation. <laughs> that would be a problem. But then also like, but but also that was the solution to it too. So yeah, I think you're right. There's this like maybe one. Yeah. Um, and, and you need it. I like I, what I said about the symptoms coming on very quickly earlier is important yeah. because you need that to happen before Spock can really come up with the idea for the shield right. modulation um, and filtering all that radiation out through the shields. I think that that made a lot of sense at the end of the episode after they've had time to think about it and gotten away mm-hmm. from that radiation but in the moment 
it just happened so fast. It took down this ship in a matter of a couple hours, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and I'm I'm looking at Spock's actions here, and I'm going, okay, well, he's trying to play it kind of smart. He's thought about this for a second. Once we lose our memories, we're not going to know who we are. So maybe I can remind us with these data pads. I think the hilarious thing is when they come to not remembering who they are. Spock can't even read the freaking pad and i don't, I I don't know if that's a universal that. thing if that's like nobody can read but then why can they talk i, I feel like those are such intrinsically connected things that Especially they the understand language read. just not reading are they trying to suggest that like spock's native tongue is vulcan Possibly. so that like and yeah. he learned, but like his mom's earth uh terran she wouldn't mm-hmm. spock wouldn't learn how to speak uh, Earth English, whatever the fuck, New Terran, basic before I, like, like early enough that it wouldn't is. be considered like one of his core skills. Yeah, that's what I was wondering if they were going for that. But also, Ortegas can't. She doesn't know who she is, and she's got the pad in front of her too. So you're right. I don't think anybody can read, but I think they they obviously can speak. I mean, that's self evident. Huh. I wonder why the Kalar can still read their glyphs. Oh, because like that's whole how it all that. works. They're tattoos, and they they get up and they read. Now I guess it's hieroglyphics, but still, like that's not literally mm-hmm. just picture like a picture book. You have to be able to interpret and get that yeah. the idea, you know. So it's like I I can't that that I thought that was weird, and and you're right pointing out because I was like, well, maybe Ortega didn't get one because he's like, we need to pass this out to the command staff. But he did give her she one, get, right? Yeah, she gets one from Spock. And maybe she okay. just didn't look at it because she was kind of freaking out. When she, she was she, she was having an intense and emotional reaction but but whereas spock is the one that in particular said but it doesn't seem like it helped anybody because chapel is out wandering right, right. you know she was given one like didn't this thing that spock did had no effect for whatever reason and that's the thing when i'm spock i'm thinking okay what are the important things here well we've got the captain down on the planet that we need to get him back we need to remember to get him back Mm-hmm. Spock has no plan for that. He has no plan for what happens when they forget their mission. Mm-mm. Because that's the number one thing they're going to do. And when he orders Ortegas to take them through the debris field, which is a dangerous act, tricky piloting involved, he needs a way to tell Ortegas what her active mission is. Because otherwise, the Enterprise could be doomed. I, I, that's where I'm like, look, Spock is supposed to be this bastion of logic, right? Mm-hmm. Why is right. he not thinking through the actual pieces of information they will definitely need when they lose their memories? <sighs> I mean, it's the it, only it, like I guess it's like something that's brand new to science, and you're trying to figure out like uh, you don't even know how this is all going to work, and you're trying to come up with contingency plans while it's ravaging your memory. But I mean, no, he could, I take he your could point. tell the computer he he could whip up a program computer uh, in exactly one hour. And every hour on the hour, remind us of our current mission and and run down like, I okay so names let's and get, positions on the ship or something. I gotta say, the real surprise is how unhelpful the computer of the USS Enterprise is in this situation. <laughs> like apparently, yeah, computer, get get us out of here. Apparently, if the they pilots of this show, of this thing were incapacitated, a crewman with the correct command codes couldn't just be like, "Computer, get me the fuck out of here." Uh-huh. whatever best possible safest course and speed and the, the enterprise would be like fuck you find ortega 
I don't know how to do that. (laughs) I don't got I don't got thumbs. I can't work this steering wheel like that was Mm -hmm. wild to me. Yeah, the level of of automation is always perplexing in Star Trek, but I agree. Yeah, couple couple of perplexing things. They needed a, a cybernetic AI war to go along with the eugenics so they can explain the lack of automation on Star like the, the, the amount of firewalling between basic ship functions and the computer. Well, they have one on just, here. you know, 100 years later or whatever with Picard season mm, one. True. Yeah. What does he do in season one? It's the whole thing with Soji and the androids and. Oh, oh, like, oh, oh they're yeah, all yeah, outlawed yeah. too. So gotcha. Like, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a scene that maybe makes a lot more sense and I like more. Uh, the old man takes Pike's team to his house. Lon needs medical treatment and the old man tells them, nah, just let her die. She'll, she'll feel, we'll feel okay about it tomorrow. Uh, he shows him the totem, which tells them about the two class systems on the planet and how the class that lives in the palace holds their memories in a casket, I guess. And when Pike pleads with him to help them get Mbenga's memories back so he can save Lon. the old man agrees due to the strength of Pike's conviction. And that is the part of this scene that I like the most. Mm-hmm. This idea that emotion is the only thing that resonates with these people because it's the only thing that they have a firm grasp on day to day. And so conviction becomes the thing that leads them uh, to, that forges paths for them. Like, well, if this person feels that strongly about it, there must be something there if this is yeah. their moment, right? And it's so, because like in the previous scene where they assaulted the 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 guards and you look at like how oddly passive the Kalar are about, like everyone in the background is just kind of standing and just like, they're not uh-huh. reacting in horror. They're just kind of like observing it. Um, but they're passive to point, they're like empty vessels. So it's easy to fill them with another purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, because like he's like, well, I mean, obviously you guys are passionate about it. And uh, like like there's like something like in their society, in the field, Kalar society, that if there's somebody worked up about something, they must have a good reason. So we should just go along with it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because it's like also really cold, but logical how he's just like, yeah, just let her die. You get this, 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 you're making this, you know, <laughs> let, let her spend their last moments in peace. You're, it, you, and, and they're like, how can you? She's like, I'm not dead yet. And they're like, how could you be this callous? But from his perspective, it's like, it's like, look, th- we're going to go to sleep and this will all be over. We yeah. won't even remember this. It's, I, I, li- I like how they really committed to that culturally. And mm-hmm. he's just completely unbothered by it. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, that, that's the thing I like about this is the interesting way they live because of the, the affliction. It's a little bit like there's a, when the terminologies are using where they have like it, it's not literally house Kalar and field Kalar, but it's like castle Kalar and house uh, and field Kalar. I feel like there's a little bit of racial commentary there too. Yeah. Um. In terms of like you know the uh, the, 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 the keeping your slaves illiterate as a way to control them and culturalist. Uh, yeah erase their culture and mm-hmm. their history to where you know they don't know where they came from their traditions and even their family lines like there's a I feel like there's a lot of uh, the, the stuff that they're, they're they're hinting at with that as well mm-hmm. but honestly it's just like you know the ultimate uh, form of control over a, a population you're keeping down it's a yeah. it's an old playbook for sure 
All right, the crew, Pike's crew, drags Lon outside the palace and leaves her there with the old man while they head inside to get their memories. The old man says, "Did we talk about the, the, the legend? I don't want him, huh? Did you? Did, did we talk about the legend that they're that the the Kalar keep the the memory stored in like a casket? Uh, I mentioned it, but not. You want to go into detail? Okay, yeah. no, I just thought that was an interesting tidbit. Like you know, they're uh-huh. lore building. Like they don't understand any of his works, but they got this like child's understanding of it. Like uh, Zach mocks Pike for demanding to know where the casket of his memories are. It's like, are you an idiot? You know? Yeah. But uh, well, yeah, he's an idiot. You keep you keep your people that way. What do you expect? Like, yeah, and it's interesting to see like Pike, who's got a man who knows so much. Like he's got so so much of understanding of how the universe works, and he's down to like believing in a fairy tale because why wouldn't uh-huh. he? You know, all he has got yeah. is the information that he can act on. Mm-hmm. And, but but the whole idea of like the old man. I don't want my memories and revealing that he has blacked out some of his tattoos. He doesn't know why he doesn't know what that used to be. Could be children could have been, but like he just knows that that was something so painful that forgetting and in, in a uniquely Kalar way was a better fate than dealing with the pain. I thought that was really mm-hmm. sad. Um, but and especially sad because like he doesn't even know what he was missing. Yeah. He's just like going like, well, I assume old me thought this was better. So why would I bother myself a second guessing? And it also didn't give him much peace because he still just has all this overwhelming sadness and no mm-hmm. under, no reason why. He, he's he got this longing, this missing and this sadness, but he doesn't know why. But not yeah, knowing is knowing, better than knowing. Yeah, he says knowing won't ease my sorrow, knowing the story. And on one hand, I agree with that. Uh, on the other hand, are you sure about that? Because you don't know the story, and if you don't know the story, may- maybe there is, maybe the memory of those people mm-hmm. would be something also comforting. You know, right Could now be. you have a general sadness. What if there's some joy to be had within that, even if it's just a morsel within, you know, that general sadness? I, it might be worth having. I think by the but end of says, the episode, we're going to get around. Oh, to yeah. That, right. <laughs> Obviously. But, but he says, like, I'm just too afraid of the pain. Like, I know what I'm experiencing right yeah. now and I'm dealing with it. I, you know, I'm, I every day I, I get through it and like knowing, you know, obviously I that some some version of me didn't want to know. And uh, now I don't. So that's yeah. it's like, yeah, just, again, this passivity, this extreme passivity. Uh huh. And he commends them for the courage that it takes to face the mm-hmm. the stories the fears um you wonder how many more weeks like you hold pike and laan and mbinga like this before they completely become passive because there's just enough residual <laughs> like there's a mystery here i don't have callous but like the second their hands get calloused mm-hmm. the second that like they start forming relationships with the other klr so they're unique that's, that's the other thing that stood up is like we feel uniquely attached in a way that like I don't feel towards anybody else like a couple weeks and you know they they probably would forget as effectively as this guy yeah red alert here comes an ad break Commission podcasts are an awesome feature here at Bald Move that allows you, the individual listener, to decide what we talk about for a single podcast. 
The community loves it because it often leads to fun fan-favorite films and TV shows that we've overlooked getting the coverage they deserve. And we love it because we're constantly exposed to great stuff that's not even on our radar. The way it works is simple. You go to support.baldmove.com and you click on commissions. Then you pay the flat rate for the commission and tell us what two-ish hours of content you'd like us to make podcasts on. Then we'll contact you for details, advanced feedback, and any dedications you'd like to make. Then we watch the thing, discuss the thing, turn it into a podcast, and pump it right into your ears. We get consistently great feedback on how much our commissioners love their podcast, and they make great gifts for the dedicated Bald Move fan in your life. And who knows, that dedicated fan could even be you. Treat yourself. Check out support.baldmove.com for more info. Let's boldly go back to the episode. Welcome back to Baldly Go. Uh, so like I said, they drag Lon, um, or, or sorry, yeah, we kind of talked about that scene, but uh, let's move back to the Enterprise, I guess. We were on board the Enterprise. The last of the bridge crew, Spock and Ortegas, lose their memories. Uh, Ortegas needs to find someplace safe, so she runs off. She encounters a hall full of people with no memory and uses the computer to guide her home. Though I think she ends up in Pike's quarters, if you're paying attention. They, they show the the models of the Enterprise, the golden models of the Enterprise in that quarters. And I'm pretty sure... why would sure, the ship take her to his quarters? I think she takes hers. a wrong turn. Oh, because it tells her, like, you're supposed to turn this way instead of that? I think so. But why so. would she say it feels safe? Oh, because he entertains he's, them there. Yeah, he's he cooks, a rock, right? He's like... Yeah. And he has them to his quarters to cook meals and stuff on a pretty regular uh-huh. basis. Or is that a separate facility? Is that like an no, officer's I think that's mess? His quarters. I thought so too. Um, okay. I didn't get that joke. He's the only person with a full kitchen in his quarters, right? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get that joke. Um, I, didn't. I think that's true. Unless she also has golden enterprises in her. She has multiple, cabin, inter- there's multiple enterprises or just the one? Was it, was it multiple? I, I think there's one enterprise and then there's something, there's another ship next to it. Okay. So that probably is, is. is then. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Um, she, uh, with no pilot, obviously the enterprise starts smacking into some rocks and, uh, Ortegas is super scared. And we'll kind of get the continuation of this here in a minute. I tell you what, we've come a long way since the days of TNG where you had black felt with glitter glued to it as a star field in the background. Like seeing the uh, asteroid field smash in and the shields absorb it. That was fucking cool. And her <laughs> just like, make it stop, fucking make it stop. And the computer had, which is also, did you notice the computer's doing a pretty good Major Barrett impersonation? Yeah. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I like I like that they're trying, but like the computer's like, hey, you're on your own, kid. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, we I, never yeah, saw I mean, that that's... shit outside this Enterprise windows. It's so it's a, it just <laughs> makes it look so much cooler and more real. Yes, I agree. It it definitely bumps up the visuals a notch in the immersion. I guess the the other thing I noticed is like the Enterprise's computer. Yes, it's not crazy helpful in this scenario, but it will at least tell you who you are. Uh, identify you and let you know what your responsibilities are and it's sort of like the Enterprise's totem in this Mm. case right you think it could do a better job of that like you know hey computer we're all losing our memories you need to uh, be extra like on you know like respond to voice commands by like it's something something like the computer should be at least as smart as chat GPT I don't feel like Uh this computer is 
If I start freaking out, remind me who I am and what my duties right. are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Ha- have some cliff notes on navigating the ship uh, at my at my d- duty station. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Pike and Mbinga fight the guards at the palace gates. Mbinga stays to hold them off while Pike runs inside to get their memories out the casket. He gets, he, he gets lightly phasered in the leg. I like this detail. So it, at the beginning of this scene, Pike is kind of like losing his touch with reality again, right? He's got mm-hmm. the headaches and stuff and Mbinga's over there fighting and I'm not convinced that Pike knows what's going on in the moment. He just kind of sees yeah. Mbinga getting attacked and jumps in. Um, and, and so by the end of the scene, like he's back on mission, but I feel like there's a moment where he almost loses the mission. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of great like memento, you know, like that memento scene where Lenny's running and he's like, I'm running. What am I running? Oh, there's a guy. Am I chasing him? And he starts chasing him and then the guy shoots at him. Like, oh shit, no, I'm running from him. Like there's uh-huh. like this idea like you can't even in, in the middle of doing something keep a thread of it. Yeah. Uh let me go back to the Enterprise. Ortega asks the computer for help and finds out she flies the ship. I fly the ship. Uh, she realizes it's up to her to get them out of this horrible place, so she heads back to the bridge, sits at her console, and pilots the ship entirely on feel. There's a yeah, cute like moment she, between her and Spock here. She gasses herself up like, I drive, I fly uh-huh. the ship, I, and then she goes up and does it with Spock, and Spock looks at her and is like, yes, you are the pilot. I believe in you. Uh-huh. And it's funny because, like, <laughs> I, I think it's interesting, like, Spock, when you strip away everything and all he's left is like his core motor skills and his, uh, his emotion, like how unvulcan that is. Right. Cause like he doesn't have his yeah. higher thought. He just has his emotions and what a weird thing for a Vulcan to be left with, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, I wanted, like the, is, I wanted his log at the end of this, right? Like I, I like Ortega's log. Agreed. What was he thinking in that moment? Because he afterwards? seems like the most kind of buttoned down and kind of like, because he doesn't know what to do. He's very, but now this woman comes in and says she's the pilot. And he's like, fuck yeah, you're the pilot. Mm-hmm. It was, like you said, it's cute. Yeah. Uh, Pike reaches the throne room where he subdues Zack and demands their memories back. And Zach tries to explain the memory casket is a myth. We'll kind of see more of this. These scenes are pretty intercut. Um, mm-hmm. So let's let's shelve that for a second. Go back to Ortega's threading the needle, which is an interesting maneuver. No time to veer off. We're headed for this rock. So let's fire all phasers and barrel roll the Enterprise for some reason. I don't know why you got to do that. But sure. It looked cool. Yeah, you weaken a large asteroid with your phaser and then punch a hole through it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was I was kind of skeptical. Like, that's really easier than than just slowing down and pulling up or using your tractor beam. Like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah I got to go through. But it looked cool, right? And that was the whole point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, let's go back to the throne room here. Uh, Zach tries to tell Pike the truth about the radiation and the ore that protects the planet from memory loss. Pike doesn't believe him. He's hell-bent on finding their memories and starts trying to beat the truth out of Zack. He's about to kill him when he's been in the he's been inside the palace long enough that his memories are returning and they're just in time to stop him from killing Zack. And so he apologizes to Zack and says, we're bringing you home. I got no idea what Starfleet's going to do with you. So why? So Pike says... 
uh, Zach says Rigel changes people because, like, you know, Pike is like on the verge of beating him to death and then killing him with a phaser. Mm. And Pike's like, nah, it shows us who we really are. What do we find out about Pike? Because at the end, he's like cruelly beating Zach. Now, Zach is taunting him and he's bringing it on himself as some kind of like self flagellation. But yeah. like, is Pike a cruel bully at the end of the day? Or. So that was my initial thought. I think what they're getting at is that Pike will do anything to save his crew. He cares so much about them that that is the overriding factor. Gotcha. Gotcha. So he'll beat a person to death because he thinks it's going to save his crew. And, and the uh, thing that, that he that lost here Zach? is the inhibitions, the things that he's learned about not mm. killing people and, and all that stuff that through the Federation and Starfleet. But the core is he he will do anything to protect his crew. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That it actually makes more makes a lot sense, of sense than I'm a monster who will murder people with the drop of a hat. Right. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Because I was very I'll confused torture innocence too. and all that kind of stuff. No, that 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 make, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and then like the dichotomy there of like it's he's doing his highest purpose by trying to save his crew, but the reason he's in this jam is because he did a shit job of saving and looking after his crew. Yeah. Very true. Because uh, obviously Zach's really bitter about this, uh, the fact that like you know, because yeah. like I, that's the thing is like so he's a yeoman, low ranking. He's not a high ranking Starfleet officer. He's on a away a, a team mission that goes pear shaped. It's a running gun. There's a running battle. People are getting killed. People are getting wounded. He goes down in an attack, and then his ship just fucks off and leaves him there, and he, and he loses his memory. And then he ends up being the warlord of the planet. But, like, I guess I'm trying to get at what do you think Starfleet makes of this prime directive violation? Can you even hold him responsible for the things he did until he got his memory back? And then how do you hold him responsible? So so you're saying the most egregious prime directive violation is Zach establishing himself as king. Like you had, yes, you had the equipment that was left there. Yes, you had the Starfleet officers and the insignias and all that. But the real problem was Zach made himself king and stayed there. Because, because I, I guess what I'm asking is like, what does Starfleet expect from a Starfleet officer? Would a Starfleet ex- expect for you to grab all the phaser rifles, set them to overload, and and blow yourself up? Like, should you? Is the Prime Directive so important? Because I kind of think you could argue it is. Mm-hmm. Like. Or you don't but, have to kill yourself necessarily. You, you could integrate in their society, but as one of them, you can't, right? You can right. probably live your life amongst them, just never letting them know you're from another planet. But there's some things that are like, you know, I guess it's like, you know, the reason Spock goes into the Enterprise's reactor in Wrath of Khan is because he knows his individual life is not worth the hundreds of crew members are going to die, certainly, if he doesn't, right? And he's the yeah, only one that can. Really, it's really about Kirk. But yeah, but you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Um, it's like I, I could see, or it's like you know, um, yeah, if you're in a Chernobyl situation and and you can be the guy who stops the meltdown, but it's going to lead to your death. It's like it's not like mm-hmm. that is an order, a standing order, but it's kind of expectation that you should. And I wonder if Starfleet takes it seriously. It's that they're going to be like, look, you should have done more heroic measures to keep this civilization from being fucked over. Um, yeah, Pike expresses, but, but that the general loss, idea, right? 
is like you've already done the damage by the time you figure out like so you know like uh, he could have done a lot of this just being in a haze of memories and feelings and then he gets he becomes the warlord because of this fantastic technology and then remembers everything that happens and now what that's the thing if they hadn't been already compromised if the prime directive hadn't been blown already yeah you could hold zach more responsible but i mean they've got all the equipment they just had a battle with starfleet like they know right what's up here zach doesn't zach can't deny it mm-hmm. <laughs> so he no. just needs to to live a life there and he just chose to live as king i mean it, it almost sounds by the way zach describes it that it wasn't necessarily his idea mm, because he talks about how they made this my symbol you know this delta thing and and i yeah. get the impression that when he says that he's talking about like they started to worship me before i had any aspirations to be king yeah probably but some point in five but, the, but the, the some point in five years you could have had a there had to be an exit point or something yeah, uh, but yeah. i don't know can i look at like that that vulcan uh judge who seems like he would be a really uncompromising <laughs> guy uh, and i'm like mm-hmm. i don't see how he thought because the other thing is like I do feel like it's a choice between what he did and death because like you said well if you go and hide out amongst the population well if are you going to hide out amongst the fortress population what if they don't accept you what if they because like once you're out Mm -hmm. of the castle what you want to do and your plans don't fucking matter Mm -hmm. so like it seems like killing yourself and the technology is the only way to somewhat put them on the path of the prime directive but i'm curious to see if they follow up with this because it does seem like it's Here, a no here's what scenario. you do here's what you do this is an easy solution well it works as long as the radiation stays there you become okay. king and one at a time you send each of the people who know about you out into the fields and over time eventually everyone has forgotten you and you just live the solitary life in the castle, and or or what? blow up the castle, whatever. You keep the you keep the uh, yeah, it's true. You could destroy the castle, and then everybody's in the same boat. Destroy I mean, this planet helmets. has a built-in mechanism for fixing the prime directive mistake, right? True. Well, so next question. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Pike's logic that this is a non-natural development of a civilization. Yes. This is horseshit. Be- <laughs> yeah, like, okay, well, then what unnatural process caused that asteroid to crash into the planet? If this was thrown by the Romulans or something at the planet intentionally, sure. Yes. This that is would an make astronomical a lot event, more sense. man. That, like, and you, you can see ha- the formation of society. our moon was unnatural by these by these definitions, right? Like, well, I was just thinking, like, if the if the Romulans were around sixty seven million years ago and were like sympathetic to the dinosaur civilization, it's like, ah, it's Chicxulub. Uh, I don't know if we need to let this smack the Earth because mm-hmm. it's not na- Like, what the fuck? We took over this planet in large part because of that asteroid smacked into it. So like yeah that's crazy talk yeah i I almost thought there was a wink and a nod between him and spock where spock realized this is absolutely not logical but i'm gonna sanction it because you're the captain the thing is is like that's that's why being in federation is hard because like this is not a just it's a natural result but it is not in any it's not just and it's hard to see how you would build a just society from the parts of this um, mm. So maybe you're condemning the Kalar to, you know, having this um, 
a permanent uh, leader cast versus worker cast. But also, that's way a lot of societies develop naturally. And they left I just, planets like, in that scenario before, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's very much like in Star Trek Four, where you know uh, Scotty gives away the 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 formula for transparent aluminum. Like, well, how do we know this guy didn't invent it? I was like, I fucking don't know, <laughs> Bullshit, Scott. Maybe there man. you could ask the ship's computer. Maybe you could do some research. Right. Maybe you shouldn't fucking play devil's dice in the timeline like that but this is a funny star trek movie so no one cares it's like uh-huh. for a fairly serious episode up to that point it was a weird kind of like ah fuck the fuck prime directive yeah which makes you wonder like maybe that's how pike gets into this sort of stuff with prime directive cleanup missions that the enterprise True. caused he True. plays fast and loose with those rules and suddenly you're in this scenario well, if if uh, if Star Trek is anything like it used to be, they're going to be an episode where you actually get the firsthand knowledge of how bad things can get when you fuck up the Prime Directive. Yep. You know, maybe and maybe we're not done with Rigel Seven either. Uh, Possible. Uh, let's go to kind of the aftermath of all this. And Binga patches up Lon with the Federation tools they found in the palace. Old man has uh, remembered his past, and he's weeping. It's very mm. sad. He thanks Pike for giving his him his memory of his family, though. And Pike says, I got someone to apologize to. I like that. Luca's like, you know, that's the thing about taking this deal that you don't know the full knowledge of, right? Because now that he knows, he's like, I was mm-hmm. wrong. All Kalar should remember. But yeah. how could you ever be qualified to make that judgment in any previous point in your life, you know? Yeah. Uh, you, you can't remember what you've lost. Yeah. You wouldn't know. Yeah. Uh, uh and, and there's some commentary from Mbenga here about how it'd be nice maybe to not remember your past for a while. Uh and I think Lon agrees with that. And sure, I think everybody feels that from time to time. Yeah, especially these people that have been through traumatic experiences for sure. Mm-hmm. And the people who you know, are are not just experiencing the emotions based on past events but experiencing the effects of those events actively mm-hmm. I mean Bing mm-hmm. is being chosen for roles that he doesn't want because he's got this combat experience Lon genetic modification she's ostracized all, all these things you know mm-hmm. those two among them probably yeah want to forget some things from time to time yeah for sure uh, and then the Enterprise we find out cleared the debris field and everyone got their memories back and they alter their shields and they go back in to tractor the asteroid off the planet to permanently restore the Kalar memories. Yeah, I haven't noticed that that, uh, Ortega performs a Riker maneuver, but I guess Riker technically performed a Ortega maneuver. Oh, with the asteroid? The throwing that? Yeah, slinging slinging asteroids with your tractor beams and whatnot. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a popular move right now in Star Trek. Like, I saw a ship throw another ship at a ship in Picard this year. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the Ortegas maneuver. Uh, And then we get this, like, voiceover from Ortegas who talks about how she's happy to be a pilot. And, you know, sometimes when you're doing the same thing every day, it can be easy to forget how awesome the thing you're doing is. Uh, And I feel like that resonated with me as a podcaster who has to come to the mic every single day. You know, I don't have it so bad. Don't Even get to sling asteroids every day. But day in and day out, not too shabby. Mm-hmm. 
piloting this beast. Yeah. And then the final scene is Pike apologizing to Captain Battelle, and she takes him back. Um, is this a At popular opinion? Minutes. Unpopular opinion? I don't give a shit about Patel, and I want her to go away. <laughs> wow. I, I'm tired as on on off and will they, won't they, and this like, ah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I I don't know. I feel you a little bit. Um, Especially since the Unichin Riley episode, that was a clean break. I think it needed. It's, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to move. I'm. I. I yeah. I want a single. I want a single captain of the Enterprise for a season. Yeah, I think we'll get mostly that. I mean, her duties. He's manufacturing reasons for them to be together here, so he can apologize. He's pulling mm-hmm. them off of their other missions, but like, I don't think we're gonna have a lot of time with them together. How could they? They're fucking captains exactly. on different starship. Uh, star, star. Yeah, like their best case scenario is seeing each other a couple times a year, probably. Yeah, it's just fucking rip so, the yeah, bandaid off, guys. I think you'll get your wish. She'll be mostly sidelined, uh, except for an episode or two. You don't got that much time left until you get the 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 permanent wheelchair, man. Just uh, <laughs> true. True. Take the take the uh, the navigator stone and hold it and tell you what what's your heart actually did. But I guess he's really in love with her because that's the one thing that mm-hmm. stuck with him through this experience and. When he woke, when he got his memory back, he had this like overwhelm. So it's like I, I, I kind of, it kind of makes sense. It's just like ah, it just feels like, mm, I don't know. It just feels like a, an entanglement the show doesn't need. I like her, but yeah, I don't know that I need every episode to contain this relationship between the two captains. It's the same way with like Spock and T'Pring. You know, it's like she's mm-hmm. not on the Enterprise. They're you know not gonna have it's like it's it's yeah it's it's another one of those entanglements that you can't revisit enough to make it like a vital part of the character Mm -hmm. so like what are we doing here but i don't know maybe they got something really clever planned or something devastating planned (laughs) we'll see but that's it for the episode that is it. That's it for our thoughts if you got some thoughts you can send it in to star trek at baldmove.com once again, that's Star Trek at baldmove.com. That's the email address you use if you'd like to send in any feedback to the show, uh, and we will consider it when we get a chance. There's also, uh, if you'd like to follow our subspace communications on Twitter, twitter.com slash baldmove to find out what we're doing uh, on a week-to-week basis. And uh, you can also visit our site at baldmove.com. We got lots of cool stuff coming down. The Pike, uh, pardon the pun, we got Justified coming back in a couple weeks. We got speaking of science fiction nerdery of the highest caliber we got uh, probably by the time you're hearing this uh, foundation season two will be out on apple tv plus great high size high concept science fiction show uh really looking forward to that season two tons of stuff always going on uh oppenheimer's coming up real soon uh for a movie review tons of stuff at baldmove.com and you can support us support.baldmove.com to help keep us in the podcast business and you get some cool perks for yourself, ad-free feeds, exclusive bonus audio and video content. Uh, Check it out, support.baldmove.com. We could use your help. That's going to do it for this week. Uh, We'll be back next week with the next episode, episode five. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.